Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast. Um, I'm starting off again with thank you because as much as like, you know, this may do for someone else, it really is very therapeutic for me. The whole process of having this, I I don't want to say platform, but you know, finally a place to like discuss important issues and what is important to me and really reflect on my ideas and I've always wanted to do you know something like this but like it's really given me an outlet for for really expressing myself like how I truly want to so I want to start off again with thank you to whoever's listening to this it really means a lot to me and I want to like give a brief um thank you as well to all of those people who messaged me, of course, they're anonymous. I'm not going to say who it is, but all of the people who messaged me saying that last week's episode about how money is an illusion and struggling with having a healthy relationship with money, growing up around wealth, you know, I really appreciated everyone who wrote to me and said that they like, you know, resonated with it. And, you know, because it's not an easy thing to come out and say that, that like, at some point in your life, you've not been like the most financially stable. And it's something personal. And I really like, want to say from my heart, how much that meant to me and how special that was to me that someone listened and could relate to me and also reassured me that I'm not alone in that. And, you know, like us as people, we think that we are so unique. And we're like, you know, our problems are so different than everyone else. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of us are going through the same thing. But anyways, that's for another conversation. Um, I want to introduce Sarah, who's going to be on my podcast. Um, she wanted me to mention, um, and she for- because she forgot to say, that her pronouns um, don't matter to her. Um, and um, therefore, she can go by they, she, he. Um, I'm pretty sure that's all of them. Um, but if you, like, correct me if I'm wrong on that, Sarah, in the future. And Sarah is, um, someone I also, um, can say I, I, you know, we've been, we've been back. We've been, we're from way back, I guess. Um, we went on a summer trip. Um, I'm not going to say with, with which organization, I think I speak about it in the podcast, but, um, we go back, um, because we went on a summer program and it, orthodox jewish program um to israel we were very both of us different people back then and i never really like was able to speak to her in depth about these kinds of things at that time we were like what 15 now we're both 21 and she's 22 um and this was really an opportunity for me to first of all catch up with her but also hear about her incredible transformation um, as a person, really like finding her identity and finding their, you know, strengths and weaknesses and what self-respect really means. And we're going to get all into it in the podcast, but they're a really good example of LGBTQ in the Jewish community, what that looks like, representation, and also just loving yourself and as a female, you know, embracing 
your wants and your needs and understanding that. And without further ado, let's have Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hello, Nahama. I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for hosting me today. This is so cool to have you and to reconnect. Um, my honor. It was a few years ago that I saw you, and now you've changed, um, and so have I. So how's your summer been? What are you up to? What's going on? Um, my summer has been good. It's been kind of a wild ride because of COVID. I was supposed to make Aliyah to Israel wow, and the yeah. borders were closing. It was really hard to get all my documents in order. So I've kind of just chosen to enjoy my time in New York City, work a little bit, make some extra cash and, mm-hmm. you know, try to have fun and make, make the most of it while I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I know you're not um, from New York, you're from Toronto. So what would you say you like better and how is it different? Um, I definitely like New York City a lot more Mm -hmm. simply because there's so many different types of people. It's very diverse. And Mm -hmm. I love Toronto as well. It's a beautiful city. There's a lot going on there. I just personally grew up there. So, you know, when you have like a traumatic event happen in a place, it kind of becomes like not a fun place. So for me... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I prefer New York, definitely. Okay, (laughs) got it. And I see your videos and you seem to be doing like really cool things. Is there like a specific food in New York that you like? Because I see that you've like been trying foods and like, what's your favorite food there? (laughs) It's such a good question. And I have so many good answers, but I honestly just love real ramen. Like I've grown up eating the packaged ramen and Mm -hmm. here... Oh my god! People like know how to make really <laughs> good ramen. It's so good, and like wow. they have this like runny egg, and mm. the vegetables and the meat and the broth is like phenomenal. It's like, like a, I highly like a recommend. soup situation or like noodles. It's like a soup with noodles, but it's like so okay. good. So it's you so recommend? Good. I highly recommend going there. Yeah, like okay, really trying and- proper ramen. And I also see that, like, you do other stuff. Like, you did you go to a skate park? <laughs> it sounds like yeah, it stopped you. But... <laughs> I just love visiting different areas here. Mm-hmm. There's so much beauty here. And there's I have constantly look around, and I'm like, am I on a set of a movie, or is this real? Yeah. Because yeah. this – no, it's crazy. Yeah, there was a beautiful skate park. Um, I love going to different parks, meeting new people. New York City's full of creative people who, you know, mm-hmm. are looking to find themselves – looking for adventure it's really a special place to be especially right after covid mm-hmm. I mean, and at this age done, but yes especially mm-hmm. at this age it's perfect timing mm-hmm. i like Thank that God. answer is do you think that it really is like the movies like how you like how people portray it or it could go either way like it could also um, be this i believe <laughs> that no one's gonna romanticize your life for you so if you want your life to be a movie you've got to start thinking like it is. You got to look around Good and choose advice. to see it as a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I definitely live by. Like people mm-hmm. are always saying like, oh my God, you always say like you're in a movie. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> this is what movies are made of. Look around you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely believe that you've got to make your life what you want it to be because that's how you'll stay happy. I love it. I love it. Like the main character, it's kind of the, the same main, thing as like character, main character. Exactly. Energy. That's like a whole movement these days. Exactly. Um, yes um we decided though because like you just have so many interesting things to say and talk about but we decided to talk about like female sexuality and like being comfortable with it and like 
that kind of theme. So maybe like you can explain or um, why you thought it was a good idea to talk about that or like what speaks um, what speaks to you from that topic and like, you know, why we decided this. <laughs> yes, for sure. No, this is a great topic. Mm-hmm. Um, sexuality for women has always been very taboo and stigmatized. I mean, we have been portrayed growing up like, you know, women are supposed to be objects of sexual desire, but we're also supposed to maintain pure. So it's very confusing growing up in a world like that, especially, you know, because women are sexual beings. We are human. Um, there's nothing unnatural or unhealthy about women being sexual. It's it's really sad that we've grown up to feel ashamed of it. But I think it's time we take that back, you know, it's time we Mm -hmm. start taking our own identity, our own sexualities and, you know, deciding what we want for them because Mm -hmm. I mean, it's who we are. Sexuality is an integral part of every human being. So why shouldn't Mm -hmm. we be talking about it? Why shouldn't we be discussing it and experiencing it? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want maybe for like a guy who's listening to this like who will think like what do you mean you're treated the same it's not it's in your head could you oh, give like an example or explain of like course I can give an example yeah, so I the mean guy is we <laughs> yeah we have this like reality that we've been brought up in that you know men crave sex and mm-hmm. sexuality and women crave love and marriage and you know family you know purity and all that beautiful stuff and you know women are supposed to be clean if you sleep around a lot you know you're slutty you're a whore whatever word comes to mind I'm sure you've heard it before Mm -hmm. and if a man does you know he's a man that's natural it's he's is part of who he is and it's kind of it's kind of like let's think this through because most of the women I know in my life do not feel that way I mean I'm sure there are some that want to be mothers but there are plenty of women who enjoy um just having sex and having partners (laughs) and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and it's really really sad that so many women have grown up with this like shame looming over them and really not being able to express themselves the way they've truly felt Mm -hmm. um or even being in relationships and not really feeling like they can tell their partners what they want because Mm -hmm. it's embarrassing or you know even if sex has been male-centered for so long you know when people think of sex they think of Mm-hmm. you know the same things penis and vagina yeah. you know and it's quick and when the guy's done that's that's sex but sex is so complicated and so complex and there's so many ways to have sex and intimacy and it's time you know we start expressing it not just for you know male pleasure but also for mm-hmm. us, ourselves as well I think like um what would you say though because a lot of the time I like even growing up in a let's say in an orthodox day school you hear like oh it's well a matter of self-respect so do you think like do you believe in that concept like that do you think that is just like a concept that we've made as as human like a social construct or yeah, I, do you I think, think that there is people, a matter of self-respect with it and um I think it's your body and you mm-hmm. get to decide the boundaries of self-respect for you because everyone has a different idea of self-respect I mean that idea of self-respect is very patriarchal in my opinion like Mm -hmm. if it brings me pleasure and happiness to express my sexuality then that is respect how is that exactly (laughs) how is that disrespectful to myself Uh how is that disrespectful to my body I think pushing away those desires or 
forcing yourself to be something you're not because a lot of women do feel pressure to actually have sex the opposite you know because of the men they're with or the people they're with or they've been told mm-hmm. what are you a prude there's it goes back it goes both ways and it's not just sexuality for me doesn't mean necessarily being completely actively sexual all the time but it also doesn't mean you know it doesn't mean either or it means what you want it to be what is it what feels right to you and that's self-respect self-respect it means respecting your own desires your own boundaries and Mm -hmm. loving yourself for the feelings that you do have because there's it's completely natural whichever side of the spectrum you fall on and yeah when when though like you hear that let's say or maybe someone in your life from before has told you that or like you know they give their opinion do you get angry like are you are you angry towards them or are you more like um, understand where they're coming from I used, to get, frustrating. I used mm-hmm. to get very angry 100% it's very frustrating people don't understand where you're coming from but you have to understand that people have been brought up to feel this way and it's really difficult unlearning all the things you've been taught since a very young age Mm so now when people tell me things like this and I get it all the time you know you're being disrespectful to your body I mean your body's a temple (laughs) I I smile back and I'm like you're right and I really appreciate your opinion and it must really suck to have no control over other people's choices and I know it's a good response yeah, and people get like really hurt. Like, whoa, what's with the sass? I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. You have just like said something really hurtful and personal about my mm-hmm. behavior with my own body, you know, my mm-hmm. own sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's not up for discussion. You know, I know who I am. I know my identity. I know where I stand. And I there are some things that you need to know where to set the boundaries and that's self-love that's self-respect when you respect yourself enough to say no I'm not gonna take this right and and do you think that like this not lifestyle but perspective do you think that that should be everyone like should feel that way like let's say the women in the ultra-orthodox community who are Shomerit Nagia and like all of that do you do you find meaning in that or do you think that like really... I think it has meaning everywhere mm-hmm. um I don't think I mean, if you are Orthodox and Shomer Nagi is a part of your life, then that's still your choice. And that's mm-hmm. still you expressing your sexuality. I mean, there's, there's absolutely nowhere in the Torah that I know of that prevents women from masturbation or, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sexuality goes beyond just two people. There's sexuality with in all of us, there's, we all feel sexual feelings. I know that I think it's very, very healthy for your, for a, your personal relationships and also your relationships with others to be taking care of yourself and knowing your own body and expressing your sexuality in that way too whether you're watching ethical porn or masturbation or you know Mm -hmm. watching and reading about sex that you know speaks to you Mm -hmm. I think there are so many ways to express your sexuality without having to give up your religious beliefs that's so interesting because I, I thought you might say something different, but I guess it is true. Like for every woman, um, that should be like, do you think it should be a priority? I, I mean, it is pretty important. So I think. Um, I think your, I don't feel like those specific things like masturbation needs to be a priority, but your sexual health needs to be a priority. So if you're negating the way you're feeling, that's a problem. Like you should be putting time 
into your sexual health because it is an integral part of who you are and to be constantly pushing Mm -hmm. it away I mean it'll leave you going crazy Mm -hmm. you know there's such a lack of sex education now in the orthodox day schools (laughs) at least the ones I've been to I don't know do you have a different experience like did you unfortunately no I don't have a different Mm -hmm. experience I have a very Mm -hmm. similar experience I mean I used to sit in my sex ed class and get so frustrated and angry I would storm out because I would hear my teachers talking about how men are the ones who have sexual desires and we don't really crave that Mm -hmm. and I would sit and listen and I would feel like there's something wrong with me I was like I would feel really sick about it Mm -hmm. um I remember even like going up to my teacher and being like what's wrong with me like you tell me only men have this feeling and she'd be like no of course it's not only men but they have it more intensely the way we (laughs) can't understand and it's more animalistic and you know it kind of made me very confused and I don't think there really is a difference I think having Mm -hmm. sexual desire is natural on both sides I just think we've made it okay for men to do it and for mm. women, it's just so stigmatized. Like, it's just not okay. Yeah, and also really think there is the difference. way that they speak about men, like, that in it within itself is offensive. It's, like, almost like they're animals. <laughs> like, they can't I control mean, themselves. And Exactly. People don't um, even think about that. Like, how is that really – how right. is that supposed to, like, make us feel? Like, I don't want to be with someone who can't control themselves. No. Like, why are we not teaching <laughs> men that to control themselves? Exactly. Exactly. And so now I want to talk about – um. Because last time before when we caught up, you said something really interesting and positive actually about the Jewish community in terms of the LGBTQ community and the support Mm -hmm. systems that they've built. And I think it's important also that we like, you know, give them credit. So um, what do you think about that? How have we done that? And like, did you see, you know, another like another kind of community where it's not like that? So you could explain. Um, So, (laughs) well, you bring up the LGBT community. I don't know if everyone knows that I am part of the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I I like women. (laughs) But (laughs) basically, when I was trying to figure that part out about myself, I was very, very concerned. I had heard all kinds of stereotypes about the the Jewish and Orthodox community. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, when I started telling my friends, Really, I got great responses. Of course, you're going to get some awesome. here and there. People are can be judgmental. And I don't think that's an Orthodox or Jewish thing. I think that's just people starting to yeah. learn this, to learn, mm-hmm. you know, about this community. It's still new to a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. And it's still stigmatized in a lot of homes. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, I feel like, I'm not talking about the Orthodox community in particular. I'm talking about the Jewish community. I really do feel like, there is so much representation in the Jewish community. I feel like there are so many queer Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, I meet them all over. There are so many organizations to help them. I mean, there's an organization here called Jewish Queer Youth in New York that helps um, Jew- Jewish queers from all kinds of backgrounds, Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox, mm-hmm. um, secular, everything, and they're phenomenal. What and, kind of I programs mean, do they do? Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm curious. They do all kinds they... of programs. They do mm-hmm. holiday programs. They do just like learning, like not learning, just like, you know, um, honestly, I, I can't give like proper information on this because I haven't been to a lot, but I know uh-huh. my friends have been. Um, mm-hmm. They, you can really look them up on YouTube. They have so much. Yeah, we should. Stuff going listening. on constantly. I'm moving to Israel and I just know there's a huge community there. It is Definitely. one of the most accept- accepting countries of LGBT right. 
um, people. And I mean, that's our homeland. So you can't tell me for sure. <laughs> you can't tell me Jews have a problem with the gays because it's not mm-hmm. true. And I mean, look at Hollywood. It's all Jews and gays. It's just- <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And like, I hope I can ask you this about like, about how you are interested in women. Um, is that like something you, I have this question a lot and I'm sure other people do. So I'm just going to ask, is no, this no. like something that you want people to think of as like your identity of, of who you are, or is it just like part of you? Because I get mixed opinions, like responses about this. And like some people say, why that does it have to be question. who you are? Like, why does it have to be yeah. who you are, who you love? But like, I think that is part of who you are. So it, like, would you, yeah. how would you like question. describe it? That's a great question. So yeah, it's definitely in, an integral part of who I am. I mean, you can't tell me it's not who I am because I right. felt trapped my whole life hiding mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. trying to repress it. So you can't tell me it's not a part of who I am because, I mean, the moment I, I started embracing it, I felt so much happier and wow. in touch with myself and the world and the people around me. So you can't tell me it's not a part of myself. Does it have to be my full identity? No, it does not have to be. It is not completely who you are there are a lot of aspects of a person that makes up who they are I mean their sexuality gender you know the way you emotionally express yourself the way you express yourself on the outside the way you know mm-hmm. the what you like there's so many parts of a person so I don't think it's your full identity um, a lot of people do not feel comfortable with people who are so outwardly queer and right. comfortable in their skin and they're like why do you have to shove it in our face and I hear where they're coming from but mm-hmm. they cannot begin to understand what it feels like to right. be living like that your whole life and then finally feel like you can be free I mean being repressed like that is emotionally and physically and mentally exhausting and draining mm-hmm. it's constant it's constant and like the moment that like burden is off your shoulders I mean who are you to tell me you shouldn't be wearing that on your sleeve I mean it's really no one else's business but I mm-hmm. I respect their opinion an opinion's an opinion you know you can't do much with it so <laughs> yeah for sure that I totally get what you're saying I think a big thing is understanding that we don't know what like anyone else is going through so to like make statements and, and opinions I feel the on same it. way about my 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 ethnicity my culture my Judaism because I mean there are times where I feel like I have I have had to like be careful about my Judaism especially Mm -hmm. today in America with all the anti-semitism that's going Uh around and I just feel like because of that I've become so much more Jewish like I wear it exactly everyone around me knows that I'm Jewish Mm -hmm. and for any person who doesn't understand what that's what that's like with the queer thing but if they're listening to this and they can relate on the other part yeah about being a proud Jew I feel like those two things for me are very similar like Mm -hmm. those are my two identities that I've had to like you know second guess myself every time I want to tell someone Mm -hmm. and those are the two proudest things about myself that I have so that's so nice I think I can relate to that because you know same thing (laughs) with like you know, the minorities, especially during the time of, like, build the wall and everything like that. I mean, um, because I'm Jewish, you know, and because, like, our parents are immigrants, mm-hmm. uh, like, our, our ancestors are immigrants, I think Judaism has given me such an, like, a, a, an opportunity to empathize with other people. And so the same yes. thing for LGBTQ and the same thing for – so that is an important point. <laughs> perspective, like perspective. Yes. 100%. Sure. No, I really do feel 
um, that my Jewish values, even though I'm a secular mm-hmm. Jew, I really feel like right. my Jewish values pave, you know, for me, the path that I want to follow, because to me, you know, Jewish values has always been social activism, being a light onto other nations, took an olam. I mean, I've heard of all the little laws here and there, but that's not really, <laughs> look at the text, what mm-hmm. the, the values are, you know, they're kind of just like mm-hmm. little gatekeepers for other things, but right. Um, yeah, the values that I hold as a Jew really means like standing up for others and injustice. Exactly. That's what a Jew is. That's what being a Jew means. That's so important to <laughs> restate. And um, I think that this is something like that anyone can gain from. Um, I wanted to <laughs> quickly ask you because, like, on the same topic of feeling free and, you know, like, having had to like keep something in your whole life um Mm -hmm. i asked you if we can like do a small conversation about or like your opinion on the new netflix show um my unorthodox life just because like it's been such a popular Mm -hmm. conversation and i wanted to know like your thoughts if you think that you can like relate in any way or if you think that it's like offensive or just in general like a short (laughs) okay i have mixed feelings on this one so I watched the show. I thought it was a great reality show. I mean, I would definitely keep watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was it really is entertaining. Nice to see Jewish representation, obviously strong Jewish women. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that they portrayed the Orthodox community correctly? Not at all. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard of like the ultra Orthodox community, like Hasidim, where there is definitely. I, I don't even know exactly what goes on, but I've heard that, you know, women are not treated very well or same with LGBT folk, but the Orthodox community that I grew up in, um, I mean, I grew up in two Orthodox communities. I grew up in Chabad and I grew up in the modern Orthodox community. Mm-hmm. Chabad is uh, one sect of Hasidic, of Hasidism, Hasidism, I don't even know how yeah. to say it, <laughs> but they are one sect. And I mean, they were definitely, it was definitely hard growing up in that community as someone different but it is Mm -hmm. not the kind of community that will ever shun you that you are trapped in no one's holding you back from being who you are everyone in those communities are often very very happy with the lifestyle they've chosen they feel Mm -hmm. like it's their truth um and i don't know where this bullshit came about that women can't have careers i mean (laughs) <laughs> even the, yeah. the, the when I think of Orthodox Jews, every woman I know has a career unless she wants sure. to be at home with the kids. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. about even the most the most ultra Orthodox community, like Kolel. I mean, yeah, they're, they're on the opposite spectrum. The women are the like the women the are working, mm-hmm. so the husbands can learn. So I don't really know where that came from. Like that was a weird <laughs> concept to me. I'm like, yeah. every Orthodox woman I know has a job or a career. Mm-hmm. But I mean that was their experience. And I, I do think that there's absolutely no good in mm-hmm. ignoring someone else's truth, right? If someone For did sure, feel that that's... way, I mean, I think, I don't think the problem is the show. I think the problem is that we do not have enough positive representation of the Orthodox community mm-hmm. um, in general, because when You're I right. hear people meet people and they tell me I've come from the Orthodox community, they're like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm yeah, fine. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. good. And, and like honestly, you said, 
there's so many yeah. beautiful things to take from that too. Like, and, and I see that you have taken so many good things from that. So like, you're right. Like the problem is we not definitely the show, have so a long way to go, especially mm-hmm. with the, the sex conversations yes, and the LGBT conversations. I mean, those, we have definitely a long way to go, but the mm-hmm. woman situation, I definitely did not see that at all okay. in my experience. Um, Mm-hmm. yeah I don't I didn't see that at all I think you. most orthodox communities are very much a part of the secular world they mm-hmm. listen to music they go out they have non-jewish friends I mean it's it's a it's an exaggeration you know I see so it's an exaggeration definitely, exaggeration. definitely. um so on another point um I want to know what advice you would give to someone who is like struggling with their sexuality, whether they're straight, gay, whatever, (laughs) doesn't matter. Just in general, like struggling with it, finding themselves like, especially females who, like you said, um, find something embarrassing or shameful in that. Or also like if they're, you know, part of the LGBT community and like, they don't want to come out because they don't feel ready or things they're struggling with. What would you, do you have advice for that? Yeah, that I definitely have advice for. Um, First of all, Anyone who's dealing with their sexuality needs to know. Sexuality is incredibly fluid. I mean, everyone feels like they have to choose a label. Mm -hmm. Like, what if I'm, I come out as gay and then I realize I'm bi? Or what if I come out as bi and then I realize I'm gay? Or what if I'm pan? Or what if I'm really, you know, sexuality is constantly changing based off the environment we're around, the experiences we, we, you know, go through. Because sexuality is part of who we are. It's the way we, it's another way we, express ourselves and understand ourselves Mm -hmm. so first of all understanding that and like not putting so much pressure on the label is really important because even I am constantly questioning my sexuality Mm -hmm. after I've come out Mm -hmm. secondly um there is this like huge horrible stigma that if you're gay you have to come out and like honestly this has come from like straight people who feel like we have a responsibility to tell them and let them know that we are queer no mm. one has to ever come out if they don't feel comfortable. That's so interesting. I actually to. didn't know that. So. Yeah. Yeah. No one. I'm sorry. Feel first pressure. of all, if I said that, that's like a, no, <laughs> I did not, not mean that. That's I just never even heard all. that. Okay. No, that's why I'm saying it. Cause I okay. just want people to know mm-hmm. there's absolutely no pressure to come out if you don't want to, or if you're not ready. Definitely. Um, yeah. If you do want to, and you're not sure, I highly recommend not pushing it away. The feelings that you're going through, they are a part of you. And there's really no good in pushing them away because they'll just keep coming back. So whether you want to keep it a secret or come out, they're not part of you, you know, you know, try dating apps, Mm -hmm. uh, watch movies that talk about things like this. Um, You know, look at, look for different types of relationships, talk to different types of people, explore that part of who you are. And if you are ready and if it it does feel right, then, you know, you know, do it, go for it, come out, be who you are. But they're really, the biggest thing for me was like struggling to come out. And then there was this like realization, like, why do I owe anyone an explanation of what I'm going to do before I do it? And I just kind of started, and I told a few friends because I I felt like I needed to tell someone, but Mm -hmm. I really just started like downloading apps and trying to talk to people who were like mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and really being like whoa this is who I am I love this this is really good for me mm-hmm. and I, I don't think you'll really know until you until you get out of your bubble and you try mm-hmm. but once I did that that was really like 
an eye opener. And once I just started practicing my true self, I felt much more comfortable talking about it and then coming out to people. Mm-hmm. But I still, the only reason why I come out is because I'm very proud of who I am. Mm-hmm. And that take up, takes a lot of self-love and a lot of growth. Yeah. But I don't feel like every person needs to come out if they don't feel like they want to or if they don't feel like they're ready. Or unfortunately for some people, if they don't feel like it's safe. If yeah. you don't feel like it's safe, you most definitely should not come out. Please never put yourself in danger. Um, unfortunately, that's some people's real realities now. Right. So, yeah, that's right. what my advice is definitely to people struggling with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Do you think, though, like if you don't come out, of course, I, I'm sure you don't think this, but you said it because mm-hmm. like when you come out, when you came out, like it felt like you were doing it because you're so proud of what you know your reality is but I think like of course someone who's still in the closet and just like for their own reasons like you said because maybe they not might not want to and like they don't want to make that statement you think mm-hmm. it's still like could be that you're proud of it or is it something yes. that you're across yeah okay no you can still be proud curious. of it um <laughs> of course I I still think you can be proud of who you are I I do feel it's definitely more difficult in certain situations when you're in the closet and people are talking about things or you want to tell people about things that you can't, there's a lot of parts of you that you have to hide when you're in the closet. Um, and it's difficult, but at the end of the day, different people deal with things differently. And I don't think that there's one way for every person. I mean, Mm -hmm. I choose to, I choose to, to come out when, when I chose to come out, Mm -hmm. um, I came out very quickly. Like I had figured this part out about myself and then it maybe took me two months of like depression and crying and trying to figure out what to do <laughs> and then coming out because yeah. in high school I had friends who were gay that they had only told me and they mm-hmm. had chosen not to tell anybody and I'd watched them for like years suffering with this and I watched them cry to me about it and stuff right. and I kind of just saw it and I was like, I, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, I don't know if I want to go a bunch of years in the closet and crying. Like, mm-hmm. I might as well just get it over with because, like, I know staying in the closet's not fun. So how much worse can it be out of the closet? And that mm-hmm. was just my perspective. I kind of just, like, ripped off the band-aid because I, I didn't want to be in pain. Mm-hmm. And I was already feeling so much internalized homophobia, just guessing mm-hmm. what everyone else must be thinking about me. And then once I came out, I kind of was like, no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> this is fine. I'm happy. I'm so happy for you. So also. And that was my mindset. But yeah, I do think everyone really... has to do what's best for them. Mm-hmm. It's it's finding your truth, like you said, and like matches with all the other conversations we've had. Finding yeah. your truth, finding what's good for you um, and loving yourself. And I wanted to ask you lastly about like the concept of regret, because we also spoke about that last time when we spoke. Um you said that, like, you don't necessarily regret – you wish things didn't happen to you, but, like, you don't regret what you've done, like, your history, um, where who you might have been before. Is that true? Or, like, is that what you meant? Or maybe – Yeah. I, I, um, I definitely <laughs> – yeah, I don't think I regret any of my decisions. I think mm-hmm. it's so human to err, and I think we – I was also so – like, I'm only 22 years old. I yeah. remind myself that. Like, I've been through so much. And mm-hmm. I've done a lot of things, stupid things, smart things. Um, and they've all been leading me up to this point. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to like, accept ourselves fully and kind of mm-hmm. just accept all the mistakes and all the things we've been through. Like, it's really hard and painful sometimes to look back. Mm-hmm. But 
when you start treating yourself the way you want, the same way you would treat kind of like your best friend, mm-hmm. and you start realizing, you know, I'm only human, and I've done my best. Um, it's easy. It's easy to forgive yourself. I mean, it's not easy, but it's easier to forgive yourself mm-hmm. and just try to embrace the person you are now. The person you are now is not the person you were before. No, we are right. constantly evolving and changing. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is to be human. Like I've been taught like, oh, I'm supposed to like become this. Like when I grew up in an Orthodox community, I was trying to be like this amazing religious person. And I was kind of like getting to a goal. Like I'm going to yeah. be married. I'm going to have children. I'm going to be this amount of religious. I'm going to have this. And that's who I'm going to be. But that's not human. You don't just pick a goal of who you're going to be and just be it and then stay that way. Humans are constantly evolving and changing. We're constantly taking in new information and learning new things. And it's, it's almost like backwards to stay the right. same. So I, I pride myself in, in the way I've changed. And I hope that I continue to change and grow because I think that's what Definitely. makes me special like everyone else. Definitely. And I think like when someone says, oh, wow, you've changed. Like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think, well, thank God. You know? <laughs> like, no. People say it to me all the time, like it's a negative thing. Yeah, it's like thank you, thank you that I'm not the same person that I was when I was 18. Like, <laughs> um, thank you for the happiest year of my life. Thank you for the happiest year of my life. Ooh. God, it was so nice speaking to you. But I want to just like lastly, um. Mm-hmm. I like doing this new thing on my podcast um, in my last episode with Marley. I did it um, where you just give like a shout out or a thank you to someone who inspired you or you're thankful to or like supported you. Just anything because I think gratitude is so important. Um, So is there anyone or anything? It doesn't have to be even a specific Um, person. There are so many people in my life who I want to say. Right. Gosh. Um, I really think at the end of the day, I prefer people I really have a lot to say thank you to are the family that took me in in high school the Bornsteins I mean they yeah, believed in me and they've continuously supported me and whenever I feel like you know no one's gonna believe in me or trust me I like think about them because they've always yeah. seen something in me and trusted me and yeah. I think that's very special to have people who love you and support you no matter what like no wow. matter your sexuality your religious affiliation or whatever it is you know to just want to be there for you it's very special mm, i love it thank especially you especially miriam bornstein miriam bornstein, miriam gets a bornstein. Special shout out. <laughs> okay i know of this family i i know that they're very special and it's a lot of girls right how many sisters yeah there's four sisters and wow. one brother yeah so fun <laughs> so now it's, it's miriam bornstein okay you have yeah. like a whole family there to think <laughs> um, they're amazing thank god mm-hmm. so i want to say thank you so much and i learned so much about you and and from the conversation and things that i myself didn't know before like um so i thank you for that and for your time and you spoke so well and you should continue to speak i hope that in the future you'll you know like we're talking about you should give like classes or something <laughs> thank like, you i appreciate um, it i definitely love talking about these kind of things i think there are so mm-hmm. many important conversations that have not been had yet that we we need to start having. Right. And continue to having um, to have. 
Um, and I wish you so much luck with everything. And hopefully when you're in Israel, we'll maybe we'll do another episode. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Thank you yes. so much, Nakama, for having me Thank today. Thank you. Of course. This was great. I hope you stay Bye, safe. Sarah. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk soon. Have a good Thank one. Thank you. Bye.